Hello, and welcome to another DMN podcast. I'm Elise Dupre, Managing Editor of DMN, and I'm excited to welcome Rich Khan, co-founder and CEO of Izanga. For those of you unfamiliar with Izanga, it's an online marketing firm that offers a range of solutions. It was also a winner in DMN's Best, Best Places to Work competition in the startup category, which is slightly ironic because although it's startup in size, it's been around since 2003. So Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So congratulations on the win. Uh, your employees applauded a number of things about the company, including access to updated technology and perhaps, most importantly, the kitchen amenities. But in your opinion, what makes Izanga both a great place to work as well as an innovator in the space? Well, uh, like I said, we, we kind of have a startup mentality here. We're constantly making changes and trying to keep up with market trends and changes. And we have a lot of food in the kitchen, so that keeps people happy. You know, people like to eat, and uh, we like to keep people happy. Definitely. So I understand that you started Izanga with your wife. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about coming up with the idea for the business, as well as its name and the fun frog mascot? Well, sure. I, I was um, in the marketing space at that point. I started my first marketing firm in 93, and I was doing a bunch of different things up to that point. And... We had just moved from New York down to Delaware and want, needed to basically pay bills. We didn't have any grand master plan of, of starting some big company or anything. So we sat down together trying to come up with an idea, and we just started, started basically a contest search engine and did do some advertising to generate money to pay the bills. So we lived on a place known as Frog Hollow Golf Course, and basically had a, the story goes we we're building a house on this golf course and we came in to check on the, pro, the progress of the house and this large large frog i mean probably got a foot long frog had jumped into the foundation as the uh concrete was curing and roasted in the sun and died so as we're coming up with this concept for this new site our wife wanted to dedicate the site to the frog so that became the name of the that became the frog um the, the name itself was from, from a business plan I had back in the mid-90s to build a search engine. And it was very simple. It was uh, trying to come up with a unique name because Yahoo was a big company at the time, you know, as the Internet was just coming and evolving. And we were looking for something that just had some kind of a, you know, a quickness to it because it was, it was a search engine. And we're looking for something quick like Zitzing, Zang, and E-Z-A-N-G. E-Zang became the name that, on the business plan that we had put together. So when we decided to put this business plan together and start building this business, we wanted to go back to that original name. It was just something we already had picked out, but it wasn't available. So my wife said, just add an A onto the end of it and call it a day, which we did. So it became Uzanga.com. That's a great story. So obviously we discussed you work in online marketing and the digital marketing world is constantly evolving. So what's the biggest change that you've seen? Let's just limit it to this past year. Well, the biggest change we've seen is, uh, well, for the last you know, more than a decade, as we've been a marketing firm, we've been seeing a lot of stuff happen. And we've, I guess if you look at our start, we started off as advertisers. So we were in the same boat as a lot of people out there, you know, doing advertising for ourselves. And we found a lot of issues with traffic we were buying at the time. So we had built a system for ourselves to protect ourselves and eventually decided this would be good for advertisers and that's how we became a marketing firm because we had the solution to protect our advertisers and what we've been seeing over the last couple of years recent is that more and more solutions are coming out to help people stop fraud so what we've been and it's become a bigger and bigger topic as the amount of fraud that's been out there has been growing and growing 
so in the last couple of years, we decided to kind of test our system and to see how it would vet out against a lot of the companies out there, realizing that we're actually we're doing better than what the, what the solutions that were out there. So we decided to roll it out as a new solution. And and all you you just see more and more about fraud coming out and, and some of the more really tricky stuff that's been, been rolling out. So that's kind of the biggest trend is trying to marketers are having more and more issues with that kind of stuff. And we're watching companies and companies that we started with, you know, 15 years ago, just going away because they haven't been able to get ahead of the fraud. So that's kind of the trends we've been seeing. Just you have to stay ahead of it. Absolutely. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the state of fraudulent traffic and how you guys are fighting that? Well, uh, the solution that we built, uh, again, you always try to figure out how do you benchmark a solution? How do you figure out if it's if what you're doing is working or not working? And for us, for more than 12 years, we've been benchmarking it against performance-based campaigns. So if you're actually running a uh, solution and it's actually improving the conversion rate, the, you know, the validated conversions on the back end are actually improving and you're not throwing out good stuff, you're actually seeing improvements across the board, you have a way to know that what you're doing is working. So that's the solution that we've been using, and as we've been putting it in the hands of uh, advertising agencies and, and companies that are using the solution, they're feeling the same thing. They're seeing the same type of results, so that's how we know it's working. So what we try to do is keep in touch with the actual end client, the client that's using it and watching and seeing the, the boost in, in ROI on their side, as long as we're helping them to grow their campaigns effectively and weed out the stuff that's, that's literally hurting their campaigns, we know we're doing the right thing. Yeah, let's talk about benchmarking a little bit more. Are there any digital marketing metrics that you think are overly hyped today? Probably the biggest one, because you hear the most about it, is ad viewability. Um, it makes a lot of sense, right? You know, you, you're, you're a branding campaign. How do you benchmark a, a branding campaign? You want people to see it. You want it to be viewable. The problem is, who's viewing that campaign? Mm-hmm. Just because it's viewable doesn't necessarily mean it's being viewed by a person. There are a lot of viewability bots that are in the marketplace. There's a lot of human fraud farms around the globe that run through viewability metrics and beat viewability standards. Plus, if you look at really what a viewability standard is, Cornell IAB, I think the last time I checked, it was at least 50% of the ad unit for at least one second. And not nearly viewable, in my opinion. But that's the standard. So it's hard to really benchmark that kind of uh, uh, standard. You know, you, you care. It's not so much that somebody that something is viewing it. You care about who's viewing it. So for us, we're really looking at the performance side of things. If we're able to identify who is real and fake in real t- in real time, we know that if we put that in front of a branding campaign, we're going to get better performance because we're actually getting a real person in front of that content. So although it makes sense from a standard of does viewability make sense? And it does. It's it really you have to really look at it from who's actually viewing that ad. So that's that's one of those misconceptions in the marketplace. That's a good one. So if you ever take a you ever take a standard and say, okay, I'm using a viewability metric, and now I'm going to apply that same metric to a campaign based on performance, and then you'll know if it really works or not. Mm-hmm. Are there any other misconceptions that you think the industry has about digital marketing? Um, I've heard some clients say that, you know, all fraud is NHT, which is like non-human traffic, which relates to bots, which is half right because bots do account for a good chunk of fraud, but there's also human fraud, which accounts for a lot of uh, conversion type fraud, for example, like lead gen, uh, phone call fraud, 
or um, e-commerce fraud. Um, there's a, I mean, anytime you pay someone on the internet to do something, they're going to find a way to cheat the system. So there's always ways of trying to eliminate that. Um, and you, you really have to, what we do is we validate the users. The user that's in front of this content real. Are they a bot? Are they human fraud? And that's, that's the challenge of the system is always trying to stay ahead of the game. So we've worked tirelessly trying to keep tabs on that and do the best we can. There's no system in the world that's 100%, but we work extremely hard to make sure that we work. And what we do, again, is benchmark our methods against conversion campaigns because that's, that's really the only way to benchmark uh, a model, a fraud model. So for marketers hoping to boost real web traffic, and let's face it, which marketers aren't, what's one piece of advice that you could give them to do so? I mean, boosting, boosting uh, your, 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 your usership, using, boosting your content. I mean, when I first started, you know, when the web first came out as a viewable entity, as far as when I first got on, there was no web browser. So as the web browser came out and as people started building websites, and it was always, the thing that was always taught was, you know, content is king. And that's still, still to this day the same thing. If you have a product or a service, you're in a certain industry, you know, and you're an expert in that area and you want to grow your, your client base or, you know, sell more product, you got to talk about it. You got to put your expertise out there. You want to become a leader in that space about your product. So people come to you about information around that, that subject. So again, content, you know, put producing unique content about that is always, is always going to help you build a following. And of course, you know, if you can get anything to go viral, even better. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, in your opinion, is the biggest challenge that digital marketers face today? Um, competition. I mean, when I first got started, it was the Wild West. I mean, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to get seen on the web, you just had to put a website up, and you got you got people to your site because there was there wasn't a lot of competition. Um, nowadays, everybody has got a you know can produce a video, produce pictures, produce content. Because between social and all these things, there is. You know, billions of pieces of content being produced every day. So coming up with unique ways to put that content out there and, to, like I said, to become that expert in a space is more and increasingly more difficult to do because of just the sheer volume of content being produced. So it's, it's that catch-22. You need to produce the content to put yourself out there, but it's increasingly difficult because the amount of people out there that's doing that. I think that's a good way to phrase it, kind of a catch-22. Is there anything else that you'd like to see digital marketers do better in the space? Um, it, it's tough. Like there, I see a lot of, I mean, I see digital marketers do all kinds of stuff because they're just, again, just trying to stand out. Um, I'd like to see them do less of email marketing. <laughs> Um, what I, what I, and what I mean by that is just the spam stuff. You know, you, you can't help but go into your email every day and find, you know, a hundred pieces of email every day that you're not part of that list. You know, they have all these rules and regulations about spam and you still get hit with a ton of it. You know, the ones that I do look for, the newsletters that I sign up for, you know, there's certain newsletters that I have interest in a pilot. I sign up for a bunch of, you know, newsletters that talk about, you know, flying and stuff like that. And I, I, look, for, I look forward to those that I get them once a week or once a month. But you have to kind of skim through all the other junk that gets flooded into the mailbox on a daily basis to get to them. So that's one of those things I would love to see, you know, all these laws and rules and regulations put actually put an end to. But, you know, marketers doing, you know, come just coming up with unique things. I like to see unique um, marketing things. It's always fun to see. I remember 
and this goes back a while ago, um, uh, I think it's a site called Will It Blend, was a very unique site where when the new iPhone would come out, he would get his hands on an advanced copy of an iPhone, and he would just stick it in his blender and see if it would blend in his blender because he was selling blenders. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, a new iPhone, and he would just see if it would blend in his blender. And it was just one of those things like, oh, my God, he's blending an iPhone. But, you know, it, it was something different. It was something unique. And it was something everybody had to see. You know, that was kind of cool. Those kind of things, it catches people's attention because it's something that nobody wants to be done, but you got to see it. You know, it's different. It's unique. Mm -hmm. So relying That's always on fun. marketing a little bit more on creativity. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Creativity goes a long way. <laughs> well, I think that's a great point to end on. So, Rich Khan, thank you so much for joining us today and for talking to us about eZenga and digital marketing. And thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to visit dmnews.com for future podcast episodes. I'm Elise Dupre. Take care.